Welcome to Real Talk with Razak, where talk goes to get real. Today, we are talking about job interviews, how to prepare, what to prepare, how does it go? A lot of us are moving from jobs to careers or jobs to pay the bills to jobs that give you some life fulfillment. And at the end of the day, you have to be prepared for it. This is one of the biggest things that we have to tackle that, unfortunately, if you if you haven't noticed, like a lot of the things we talk about on this show, there aren't classes that you just go to in school to prepare you for a job interview. There are very rare cases where you have a school that has an elective on a job interview. So, boom, I got you covered right here. And we'll go ahead and get started right away. First thing I want to say is understand from the moment of the literally email that you send out, uh, application that you fill out, you are being scored, not a technical scoring, not like, uh, well, actually, in some cases, it will be a technical scoring, but just understand you have to keep the mentality that you have to continue to make the highest score in every interaction that you have. Uh, that's That way, when you get to the end and they're looking at two different candidates, they'll look at one person, which is you, and say, man, this person's been knocking it out the park. 100 after 100 after 100 or whatever you want to call it. They've been getting all the points. And this other person, they've been great, but they haven't gotten all the points yet. So you know what? Let's go with the person with the higher score. Um, we already have enough uh, social social issues that we have to tackle. You don't want to give them an actual professional uh, issue to have to, uh, or you don't want to have a professional roadblock in there as well. The first thing I want to discuss and this is not in order of importance. It's kind of an order of what you'll be preparing for in a way. But the first thing I want to tackle is what to wear. Now, understand, unless you're going to a position that is highly creative and artistic, you will want, and even in those cases, you will want to wear, uh, for, uh, of course, business blue, which is navy, something uh, on the darker end, black suit, professional attire. Uh, you you want to wear a blazer. You do not want to forget your blazer. Slacks, uh, button-down uh, shirt for gentlemen, tie. Uh, ladies, you have a lot more options, but you don't want to wear anything sleeveless. You also want to have your blazer as well. Uh, you have the option between skirt and pants. If you do opt for a skirt, you very much want to uh, make sure you wear some hosiery. Uh, I must say, I always suggest against open toe shoes, um, sandals, a, a peep toe in a lot of uh, professions is permissible. I always say, this is your first impression. You want to knock it out the park. You want to raise your score. Go for closed toe if at all possible. But I will say everything that I'm talking about for this podcast will definitely be contingent upon the job that you are interviewing for. Like I said, if it's a very abstract, abstract, very artistic uh, job that, and you understand that they're not looking for professionalism in the same way, and you understand this for a fact, then okay, you can, you have some wiggle room. If you do not understand this, if you aren't sure, defect uh, into your absolute best professionalism. So uh, back to what we're wearing, you guys, you want to shave? You want to, whatever you're doing with your hair, clean it up. Clean it up. You don't want the scruff. Uh, get, make sure you got a line up. Make sure your hair cut, if, if possible. I know I sometimes can't, 
give me a haircut when I need it. But you, you definitely want to start thinking about these things ahead of time. And hopefully nobody gets an interview like, hey, guess what? Can you show up tomorrow? You know if you're applying to these places. You know what's coming up ahead of time. Prepare your life as such. Um, if you have long hair, some places don't care. Some places do care. Generally, for gentlemen, uh, they prefer that you have hair that is uh, does not cover the ears or the back of the neck. Uh, sometimes they don't care. For ladies, they generally will let you have um, longer hair. No matter what the case, pull your hair back. You want the hair pulled back. Uh, show your face. Uh, you, you, we're all beautiful out here. Why, why wouldn't we want to show it? So pull your hair back. Shave. Black, blue. Uh, usually when you, you want to wear a shirt that's white, gray, black. Um, sometimes a, a navy blue will work as well. But you want to keep the colors as dark as possible. You don't want to come out in your pinstripe zoot suit. Gentlemen, please don't come out there looking like you. The, the deacon of somebody, AME Zion Church with the Steve Harvey, about 17 buttons on it. Uh-uh, no, no, no. We don't want to do that. We want to look professional. Dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And at that time, you don't have that job. So dress like you want it. It's real simple. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, generally, you will, you'll, you'll want to have a, a nice watch on. Nothing too flashy, nothing too gaudy. Uh, a time-telling device because you don't want to pull out your phone. and you, Honestly, you don't want to be checking your watch a bunch of times, but they want it, it's a very responsible person that makes sure that, that they can tell the time. Um, I've actually gone into interviews with watches on that didn't even work, but they don't know that. All they know is I got a watch on. So you definitely want to look into those type of things. Um, for gentlemen, if you're going to wear a tie, you don't want it to be a paisley tie. Generally, you want something a little bit more solid. Um, it could have minimal patterns on it, but you don't want to go too crazy. Not the piano keys tie or something like that, uh, unless you're going to teach piano, possibly. But yeah, not uh, a power tie like I'll, I will quickly put on a red tie. But I'll have it on top of my white shirt and my black suit or something like that. Uh, one thing that will also set you also set you apart if if you for anybody who elects to wear it, wear a tie, a tie clasp, tie bar, whatever you want to call it, just the little thing that you put on to make sure your tie stays onto your shirt and doesn't go fly, flopping around everywhere. It's very important that you do not wear it too low. It should not be on your stomach, nor should it be at your nipples. It should be basically at your sternum, right in the middle. That's that's where it should lie. Um, it's a button usually right there. So place it right up under that button. Uh, so that's something that you want. You want to have make sure that your tie isn't draped so long that it's basically in your pockets. You don't want it to. You know. You want it to make sure you tie your tie appropriately. A full Windsor knot is the most professional. If you don't know anything about ties, look it up. You got your half Windsor. Windsor, double Windsor, but you just want to do a, a solid full Windsor knot. That is where you go. So those are some of the things that you want to do. Uh, I, I can't stress enough because your visual impression is going to be one of the first things that they have when, they, when, when you walk in. Especially what a lot of people don't realize is when you go to these interviews, they'll have you in a waiting room or they'll have you in a place and there's a camera on you and somebody's already sitting there watching judging yes they are and i hate to say it's when i used to do those as a kid 
there was a time, uh, I'm not going to even say who the company was, but it's a very large company. I wanted to go back up there because before I even got into the interview, they already told me go home. And the reason why, because, well, it was actually because of the way I looked. It was actually because I didn't interact with the people around me. But I'll get more into that later. All I'm saying is make sure that you are visually putting out your A game. Always put out your A game. A little bit more into what not to wear, because uh, we've I've already gone over the bright colors. Uh, you want to make sure you have your shoulders covered. You want to make sure you have your blazer on. Uh, you don't want to wear a three-piece suit if you're going to wear a suit. And trust me, I love a three-piece suit. My friends know I will rock a vest so fast because it looks so good. But in these type of situations, you don't want to wear the three-piece suit. You want to wear your, your uh, just a two-piece suit, jacket, pants. Um, it's not formal. It's business. So you have your casual, business casual, upscale, formal, but you want to wear business attire. And the three-piece suit in this, in a interviewing situation is a little too formal. So another thing that you want to make sure you, you're not wearing, which is another thing that I'm a big fan of, is crazy socks. You don't want to wear crazy socks. It's, oh man, and I have so many of them. But if you have on a black suit, you probably want to put on some black socks. You want to keep dark color socks as well. It's the same ideas with the suit. Uh, and once again, I use myself as, as an example. One of my favorite things in the world is red socks. I've, I've loved not the team, but the actual sock that is colored red. I love it. I put on a, all black everything. But for some reason, just red socks, just because I feel like it. You don't want to do this in the interviewing situation. Uh, if you're wearing earrings, you don't want to have huge hoop earrings. And I like me in a roundaway, girl. You know what I'm saying? Bamboo earrings, at least two pair. I get it. <laughs> I'm with you, boo. But in this interview situation, you don't want your earrings to be any larger than roughly a dime. So if you can hold a dime up next to it, like a physical coin, the dime, if it's larger than that, then you're doing too much. If it's within that area, great, you're good to go. So you don't want to have excessive jewelry in terms of rings. You want to have all your 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 bracelets on. Uh, for my Floridians out there, I know how much y'all love those um <laughs> those dolphin bracelets. They don't need to hear you coming. They don't even they don't need all that. And another accessory of mine that I like to wear, I like to wear beaded bracelets a lot. You don't want to do that. And they can be just as classy and nice as you think, but that's not the impression that you want to put forth in that interview. So you want to be away from the uh, jewelry. Watch is the one that you want to wear. Of course, if you're married and you want to put on a wedding ring, nobody's going to have a big deal about that. For uh, for my folks, from, from at least from my hood, I know a lot of guys like to wear a necklace on the outside of their button-down shirt. I personally think that's ridiculous. But if you like it, hey, do you. That's your world. Who am I to tell you how to dress? But in this business situation, do not put that gold chain on or whatever color, uh, uh, type of metal chain that is. The last thing that I'll go over, and this may be a little bit of a surprise for y'all, but one thing you do not want to wear, a big, big no-no at a job interview fragrance, perfume, cologne, a du toilette. 
You don't want to do that. You don't want to walk in smelling like Bed Bed Bath and Beyond. You want to have, of course, don't stink, but you can take a shower and have a just regular neutral clean smell. But you don't want to go in there smelling like uh, like you're like you're uh, that middle section of the Macy's where they spray you with the with the perfume of the cologne. You 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 want to stay away from that. You want to be memorable for who you are, not for what you had on. That may seem a little bit different from a lot of people's normal way of thinking because uh, it's called peacocking. A lot of people like to peacock and like have the craziest wear on. And, you know, in any any other occasion, I say do you like rock it. But in this setting, you aren't the one in control. Now, if you don't believe this, what I'm saying, fine, start you a company because I really feel like we all need to be starting companies anyway. Start you a company when you interview somebody. You can hire the person with the pattern suit on. But until then, while you're going to someone else's company, you'll want to follow these rules. Now, I know this may sound like a given, but I would be remiss if I did not bring this up. It is imperative that you get there on time. Being late to an interview is a no-no. They put that as a clear distinction, a very clear distinction as to how you will be as an employee. If you can't show up to the interview on time, you definitely can't show up to work on time. And if something happens, call and email, let them know, like, this is the situation. This is something that is out of my control. And uh, I, uh, I, I am apologetic and I am on the way, but you want to get there on time. And for all of my people that are in fraternities and sororities, you know, for those who may not know, understand, to be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late. And to be late is unacceptable. So as you hear me saying this, every time you hear me say be on time, in your mind, you should be replacing that with be early. Be early. If the interview starts at seven, don't factor in your head. I'll be pulling in at about six fifty five because who knows how traffic may be? Who knows how the parking situation may be? What if you get to the area and you just can't find it? So you need an extra five minutes. Instead, if you have to be there at seven, you need to be stepping out of your car to walk into that building no later than six forty five. And if that means you got to get there a little bit early and just sit in your car and jam and get your zen, woo side, listen to your song, maybe, you know, get, get yourself in that mental mind state. Great. Go for it. But do not come up in there a couple of minutes before I think it's going to be all right. You want to be there. And and I'll always take it back to the same place. You and the exact same candidate. I mean, you and the candidate do the exact same thing. And maybe it's a group interview. But you got there at 659. That other candidate got there at 645. Who would you choose at that point? You got to think of it in those terms. Uh, And part of that, if you need to eat ahead of time, you want to eat ahead of time, do that. Get some water, use the bathroom, because a lot of these places, when you walk in, they're like, hey, we got these snacks and goodies and treats. Do you want one? Don't do it. It's a trap. And some people and they even might say, oh, no, you can have some of these cookies. It's not a trap. It's a trap. Don't do it. Stay away. No, thank you. I'm fine. Maybe take some water because we're all humans and 
water is a necessity in order to continue to survive. And you don't want to get thirsty and have the dry mouth and maybe your breath stank, something like that. Uh, but you, you want to eat ahead of time. You don't want to snack on anything when you get there. You don't want chewing gum, Laffy Taffy's, now and laters or annihilators, as we say from my side of town. Um, you want to keep your mouth un- unobstructed. Get your head out the gutter. But you know what I meant. So do that. Uh, I will say one thing that I do bring with me are those little breath strips because you can place it on your tongue. It dissolves and your breath don't stink no more because maybe you sat somewhere for 30 minutes waiting because sometimes interviews, they start late. They're they're the one to have the job. They can start whenever they want to. So maybe you don't want to put that hot mouth in front of somebody's nose. So you drop that, uh, that breath strip on your tongue and you're good to go. So this one right here, this tip I'm about to give is really huge. A lot of people don't do this, especially with our current uh, technological universe that we're living in right now. It's imperative that you prepare by doing research on the place that you are uh, interviewing for. Maybe you went on on one of these job searching um, sites like ZipRecruiter or Indeed and you put out a huge blanket, a net of your resume everywhere. And you're just like, you know, one of the, one of the fish are going to bite. Well, when they actually respond to you, you need to go back and look that company up. You don't necessarily have to know what they grossed last year. You don't have to have their mission statement memorized and incorporated into your everyday life, but you will want to know the simple things like what are their core values? Where's their headquarters? What kind of business do they do? If they're uh, an events company, do they provide event services in terms of uh, equipment, full services? Um, What do they consider full services? Just all the different kind of things. You need to be prepared on the place that you're interviewing for. I'll go into a little bit more of that uh, shortly because sometimes they'll ask follow-up questions into that to kind of probe to see if you're uh, if you're prepared in, in that front, but you want to look them up. Um, you want to look up headquarters, structure, simple things. Um, yeah. And there's different types of interviews. I'm not going to go into all of them. Some of the main ones, of course, you're familiar with, which with is your one-on-one interview. That's where it's you and whomever it is that's hiring literally one-on-one this this is where the how you look is extremely important because it's just that one person and you don't have a panel of people so you have to make a good impression on that singular person Uh, of course you have what more and more places are doing nowadays uh, the group interview and the group interview could be you with a group of people interviewing you or you're being interviewed in a group as well a lot of places will do that, especially for very lucrative companies, uh, very sought after jobs, because they're getting so many people that are trying to get the position that they can't just take it one at a time. It's just physically not enough time. So in those group interviews, you need to make sure that you're prepared. Uh, as I was saying with that with that group, uh, with that interview that did not go with well with me many, many moons ago. When you first go into a group interview, there's a very, very strong chance that somebody is already watching. Make sure you go in there. The other people, the other candidates, don't give them the cold shoulder. 
Hey, how you doing? My name's Razak. Give him a, a smile and a handshake. Talk to him. Hey, so where are you from? What do you do? What, what have you been doing up there? How did you hear about the job? Are you excited? You don't necessarily have to kiss their ass or nothing like that. Just be personable because if somebody's watching, they need to know that the candidate that I'm going to hire, if I put them into a room of people, a professional room of people, that they'll be able to work the crowd, that they'll be able to um, really just live, <laughs> succeed, because we live, no matter what you're doing nowadays, it's an element of customer service that's involved, and you need to be able to talk to people. Um, now, in certain areas, depending on where you're, where you're interviewing, there's a good chance that you might get in there, and you'll also be with other people that already have the job, and they're around. Go talk to them. Go 100% talk to them. One, because you can kind of ask some probing questions, get a better read on what's going on, on how you, on what they're looking for. But at the same time, I can almost guarantee you that when it's time to do the hiring, they'll probably say, so we have this candidate, Razak. What do y'all feel about them? If the people can be like, I don't know, I didn't see that person, or they didn't talk to me, or they just sat in the back and was kind of waiting, or was on their phone, or they were, they can't, they they said hey, but that was really it. Or they can say, oh no, yeah, I remember Razak. He came and talked. He actually actually had a couple of good questions. Yeah, well, he's good. I like him. I like that person. Who do you think they're gonna hire? Because this isn't the industrial age of the baby boomer generation or the silent generation, uh, where people just come to do their quiet industrialized work and then walk home when the when the whistle sounds people need to work uh business culture is very big because they understand they will a company understands they will be successful when their culture is good and their culture won't be good if the people that work there hate each other or at least can't at least need to be able to act like they don't hate each other i mean let's call a spade a spade you might not like everybody at your job but you need to at least be able to fake it till you make it right other than that, you have the phone interview. This is slowly dying. The phone interview is actually how it sounds. They give you a call. You want to be in an area that's not loud. You want to, in that case, you know, have some water next to you. Don't chew on anything. Of course, it doesn't matter how you dress because the phone interview. Uh, and boom, knock that out the park. That's usually the very early, early stages uh, of of an interviewing process because majority of the time if they're doing a phone interview you're they're not willing to make a decision at that point they just are willing to decide if you move on to the next interview cool that's no big deal that one we should all feel most comfortable with just understand that if you have a loud dog or construction or you're moving about you're not in the car you're in a nice place you're sitting down be sure to smile because we've all heard it a million times. You can hear a smile. So from time to time, smile when you talk so, so they can hear it. And another interview now, the, the, what is becoming increasingly popular, I mean exponentially, is the video interview. Rather it be Skype, HireVue. Um, there's actually platforms specifically for interviewing through video. And this is becoming more popular for multiple for multiple reasons one of which just because we're we're in a global society at this point people you may get hired f while you're living in Los Angeles for a job in Atlanta or 
while you're in New York for a job in Texas or whatever the case is. So and instead of having them break up their day to stop what they're doing for you to walk in, they're just like, boom, we can do this video from my office or from wherever they're at and keep it moving. Same rules apply. You want to keep it quiet. You want to dress as if you are in person. Yes, I will be very honest here. I've done a lot of video interviews. They've all, with the exception of one, have been wildly accept, uh, uh, successful. And yes, from the waist up, you can't tell me I'm not the businessman of the year. From the waist down, yes, I got all my draws. So what? Or sweatpants, depending on if it was wintertime or not. But it's not like they're going to make you stand up and twirl around. So let me get a look at you. Like if that's what they're doing at the job, you might not want to work there. So you want to have that professional dress. You don't want to be chewing. You don't want to be drinking. Um, sometimes, like I said, if you if water is necessary, take it. I'd rather you do that than like have that little white crusty foam like you're 99 years old. Like them, you don't want, want to have that. If you got to take a quick sip of water, do that. You'll want to make sure your laptop is charged, plugged in, and receiving power. Because if it cuts off in the middle of an interview, that is bad. And that also show, shows poor preparation. Even if you was knocking that out the park. I mean, think of it from, from their point of view. You're sitting there like, man, I told them two weeks ago that they'll be doing this interview today. They, they didn't have their laptop plugged in and ready to rock. Like, what's going on? What kind of business person is this? And yeah, so you, you just want to keep that in mind. Now with your video, it's more than just you. It's more than just the sound. What does your background look like? Is it a bunch of kids running around? Or maybe you might've seen like a YouTube clip of some dude doing this podcast, me. <laughs> and it's like crap going on in the background. No, you can't have that. This is a job interview. You want a plain background. So make sure you go to your living room you're sitting there. If you got a bunch of crazy stuff on the walls, take it off. You can put it back up afterwards. So they just got a good solid background. I don't even want, when I do mine, I don't even want the windows in the background. Now, another thing that you'll have to keep in mind, are you sitting in a place that, let's say the interview goes on 20 minutes and in 20 minutes, the sun just set just enough where now it's right in your eyeballs and you got to sit there and squint. That's just something. This is not. Now, that's a key that I a lot of people don't think of. That's being overly prepared. Now you need to make sure that just your lighting's good. They can hear you. Your microphone works. Uh, I try not to use a actually I've never used headphones. I've just used the computer on my lap. I mean, excuse me, the microphone on my laptop. Um, and I, it's 2018. I feel as if the majority of people that are doing video interviews probably have a laptop with a microphone on it. If you got to do use your phone, boom, use your phone. Just make sure it's steady. You want the camera steady. You don't want it lopsided. You don't want it shaking or anything like that. You don't want whistles and tea kettles and things like that in the background either. So those are your different type of video, uh, excuse me, different type of interviews um, and how to prepare for those. But I purposely put emphasis on that video interview because without that interview that video interview a lot of places you won't make it to that in-person interview of course which is the final way the in-person interview which is what this whole podcast is about but yeah keep that in mind video interviews are only growing i mean let's be honest i wouldn't be surprised if in five years now it was hologram interviews going on so you better be able to nail it over uh over your your 
laptop, computer, device of some sort. Now for the beaten potatoes. This is the part that I'm sure a lot of y'all were waiting on. Questions to prepare for. Don't walk in there blind. There's like certain questions you always need to be prepared for in an interview. And if you're really making rounds because you've been on the job hunt, you, you'll have a lot of these prepared and you can just copy and paste and go to the next place. Of course, tailor it a little bit for their business. Um, but these are the general questions that you you 100 percent need to already have an answer for in your mind. Questions like why this company or why do you want to why do you want to work for this company or why do you want to do this position? Generally, you want to talk about your passion, your dedication, the fact that it's something that you want to do. You do not want to say to pay the bills, obviously. You want to make it about you and you want to make it about the company, especially if it's a guest service role, something that has a lot of interaction with other people. Make it about those people. So if you're trying to get a job working as a concierge for the Hilton, I just pulled that from nowhere. Well, because why do I want this position? Because I understand the value of a person being able to go and rest somewhere and have a a valuable um, part of their journey be impacted by someone else. And to know that I could be someone that makes that small difference of someone hating this trip and someone loving this trip, you know, that's a, that's a big deal for me. Uh, it's, it's not always about the destination. It's about the journey. And I want to be part of that for them. And I'm just spitballing answers here, but something like that. Um, of course, I'm, I, I'm not going to tell y'all the answer that I would 100% give because then maybe I don't need y'all copying my swag out here. You know what I'm saying? But do you. Um, but another another question they'll ask is what prepares you for this position? That's when you it's OK. Get a little braggadocious. I mean, don't be conceited, but say, well, because my career and my career, I've been successful in the past at this place doing that and at that place doing that. And when I worked here, I did that and all of them has been successful. And it showed uh, showed me that this is something that I can do and that I want to do. So it's OK to get a little braggadocious in that area. Uh, usually they'll always ask, what are some of your greatest strengths? We all generally have stuff that's uh, uh, answers that we like to put for greatest strengths. Um, but what a lot of us aren't prepared for is when they ask for what are your greatest weakness? Because you'll, you'll default and say, well, well, I wear my heart on my sleeve. No, don't say that. Or they'll, Or you might say something like, well, sometimes in the morning it takes me a cup of coffee to get ready. No, you don't want to say that, even though it's probably true for absolutely everyone. Turn that weakness into a strength. So I would say something more along the lines of, well, I can be a little uh, bit hard on myself because I know I can do well. And I just understand that uh, people are relying on me. So I tend to make sure that I, I, I always tend to make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward, um, even on those small things. Or, or say something like uh, when somebody says, well, what are your, one of your greatest weaknesses? Well, um, I, I, I generally will always pay attention to detail and make sure that just the smallest things go perfect. And yes, what I just said actually was not a weakness. That's the point. You don't want to say a weakness. You want to disguise a strength as a weakness. That's what you really want to do. Um, so that I'm, I, I just gave you two gems. I'm not going to give you all a bunch more. Uh, if you want to hit me up personally on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, f- feel free. But 
yeah, those that, that's how you want to go with the weaknesses. Uh, I usually go somewhere in, in that realm. Um, what's another question? What do you bring to the table is generally a uh, another question that will be asked. No matter what you are answering, the basic things that you're trying to convey to the interviewer is that you have excellent communication skills, that you are, uh, that you succeed in teamwork, that you are flexible. Every job needs to know that you are flexible because sometimes things don't go right and you have to adjust. They want to know that they can rely on you to do that. They also want to know that, uh, that you have good decision-making skills, that you have leadership skills. And I know I just said teamwork and now I'm saying leadership. Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because one, everybody's going to need you. They're going to require you to work as a team, but they also need to know that you can think independently to get individual tasks done. You might not want to repeat it that way, but that's what you're trying to convey. You understand what I'm saying? I hope Um, there's basically a need within companies to hire people that will help them thrive. If they feel like you're going to be another cog, they may move on. But if they feel like, no, this somebody who wants to get into this company and grow and learn and move on and then go up to uh, uh, middle management, upper management, executive, then they're, they're more willing to hire you if they don't feel like you're just going to be a person waiting to, for their shift to be over. That's part of the problem with America right now. We're a, a society of people waiting to get through their shift. That's why when you go to the DMV, you don't, ha- you don't get any service. When you call up these places, you don't get any service. When you put a request in, you don't get any service because the other person on the other end is just trying to get through their shift. That goes from firemen and policemen to teachers to the person working at uh, the Jamba Juice and the culture uh, within businesses. They don't want to hire that. So it's very important that you let them know that you want to be a leader, not conceited, not that you're that that you're going to steamroll people, but that, that you understand how to lead. And in some parts of leading, that even means just telling the person on your team, oh, man, that was a great idea. Man, I'm, yeah, that's good job. That's what's up. The, that those are just really small parts of leadership that you'll want to convey when answering those questions. Now, at the end of every interview, it always happens. Do you have any questions for me? Oh, do not say no. Don't say no. You've answered all my questions because that's what a lot of us have defaulted into. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Because the other people interviewing probably did the exact same thing. And you want to be remembered in a good way on your own terms. So you'll want to ask questions like this. This is one I might get. You might want to write this down because this is one of my gems right here. Do you have any questions for me? I always say, actually, yes. For someone that is in the position that I'm going for, that is successful or for those people that are successful in their role, what are some of the qualities that they have? What are some of the traits that they do? Is there a common denominator amongst them? Because that lets them know One, that I want to succeed. Two, that I want to know how the culture of their people have been doing. And three, that I'm freaking paying attention. I mean, geez, that that gives them a majority of time. They're like, oh, that's a good question. Well, and they'll usually say something about flexibility and they'll usually say you'll notice if you ask that question a lot, 
you'll start getting general answers to be in the same wheelhouse. Well, that's totally fine. Just get the question out there. Uh, another question that's good to ask is, uh, is there room for growth? Because that shows that that trait for leadership. Don't go. Don't have those talking points in your head that you force them down somebody's throat. And it seems dis- disgenuine. They can read that. So just in, whenever you can, just get them out there. And if you can't get one out there, don't beat yourself up about it. You'll You'll get it next time, champ. Something like that. I will add a question that you should not ask or not too soon anyway. Don't day one, you just, you're on that phone interview. This is your first time seeing everybody. So what's the benefits? How much is my discount? Can I do this? Can I do, how much do I get paid? You want to hold off until your last interview for that one. And you don't want to harp on it. Maybe bring it up. Um, Sometimes those are things I like to bring up after being offered a position. Then I'll try to pry a little bit more into it because that's a very delicate thing right there. You don't want to make it seem like you're all about the money, even though generally we are, we should be motivated by wealth. That we all definitely should be motivated by wealth, but you don't want to seem consumed by it. Um, So between the last interview and before you sign any paperwork, you'll want to ask about benefits and pay. Because once you're hired, you can't be like, well, you know, I want an extra dollar. No, you have a far greater chance of negotiating your pay before they've already uh before you've already signed anything and then you and you're being processed within HR. Uh, you have but you don't want to say it too early because you 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 want to it's about that impression that you're giving. You want you don't want that impression to be uh, he's just he's just trying to work for Amtrak because he likes to take train trips for free or something. I don't even know if Amtrak does that. I just kind of gave a random example. Um, So you definitely want to think about that. Um, Not asking that, I should say. Other than that, the only other thing that you'll really want to think about is, is this position that you're uh, that you're applying for, that you're interviewing for? Because at this point, you're at the interview. Is it within your bracket of qualification? What is your bracket of qualification? Well, the CEO of Exxon Mobil is not interviewing for a sales associate at H&M. Nor is a 17-year-old that has only worked at McDonald's about to go apply to be the manager of Home Depot. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying now. Things that are within your qualification range. There is a such thing as being overqualified just just as much as it is being underqualified. Don't waste your time or theirs. If the position if the position is open and you even may feel like, man, I'd be willing to take it. Reel it back in because the person that's looking at your resume, they may look at your resume and say, man, their qualifications is way too much for this or their qualifications are way too little for that. So there's a a bracket of qualifications that you should be reaching out to. Nothing too far below, nothing too far above. And with that, we're going to wrap up this one. I really hope that you found this informative, helpful, share this with your friends. This is one that I, I, I really take serious because I like to see my people, my listeners, my friends, my community, my country, my planet succeed. And it's hard to succeed if you're not making no money, you know? 
Uh, unless you got a trust fund, in which case, feel free to donate to the podcast. But other than that, you got to go out and get you a job from time to time. So I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, you can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Real Talk Rizak. Real Talk underscore Rizak, that is. And don't forget the, mag- the magazine. We have the new issue coming out. The next issue is coming out for January, mid-January of 2019. We're opening up to topics. We got more contributors. I've been appreciating everybody showing the love. Uh, we're really doing some really nice things here. So hit me up. I look forward to talking to you soon. Let me know what you want the next podcast to be about. And I'll holla. This is Rizak signing out. Keeping the real talk real. <laughs>